Hi, and welcome to the Kids Yoga Podcast, the place for all things kids yoga. My name is Jessica Mujis, and after teaching kids yoga for over a decade and being immersed in the industry, I created this podcast as a warm and supportive place for parents, teachers, caregivers, and kids yoga professionals to gather. Episodes include conversations with kids yoga teachers, business owners, and authors, child development experts, informational episodes on specific kids yoga topics, yoga adventures for children, and even the voices of children themselves. It is my hope that you can come here each week and gain inspiration and form connection with your fellow kids yoga community. Welcome to the Kids Yoga Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, and welcome back to the Kids Yoga Podcast. My name is Jessica. This week, I'm joined by Rena Jakubowicz. Rena is the founder and creator of Rena Yoga and Super Yogis and has a vibrant and uplifting approach to yoga. She has been teaching yoga in English and Spanish for over 20 years and has been a featured presenter at Wanderlust Festivals, Yoga Journal Conferences, Kripalu Center, Himalayan Institute, Omega Institute, Yogaville, Sedona Yoga Festival, Telluride Yoga Festival, and Mammoth Yoga Festival. Rena is the author of the best-selling book, The Yoga Mind, 52 Essential Principles of Yoga Philosophy to Deepen Your Practice, and has an international following in the United States, Chile, Puerto Rico, Mexico, South Korea, and Andorra. Rena's yoga videos are found on ER Yoga Studio, Gaia TV, Yoga Journal Online, yogisanonymous.com, Headspace, Fabletics, and Udaya. And she is the yoga expert on Univision's Tu Desayuno Alegre. She has twice appeared on the cover of Yoga Journal in the U.S. and in Spain, and has been featured in Yoga Journal Russia. You can find Rena in Origin Magazine, Mantra Magazine, Glam Beleza Latina, Revista Mujer, Mind Body Green, and other publications worldwide. She resides in Los Angeles, California, and Miami, Florida, with her husband, her bonus daughter, and her Rhodesian Ridgeback Roo. Rina, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm thrilled to have you. And I want to first hear about your experience with yoga and your journey with yoga. So can you tell me a little bit about when you first found yoga and how it impacted your life? Of course. Uh, so I was 19 years old. So this is like 24 years now, 23 years ago. And um, I, I actually started, my ex-husband suggested that I try yoga. And I was like, I don't really, not my thing. I was like very type A personality, go, go, go. And then, uh, but he planted the seed and my mom saw that there was an article written about a 106 year old Swami Bua who was like teaching. And I figured why not start with a 106 year old Swami? And like, if I'm going to try it, I'll try it with this guy. So my mom and I both went and this old guy, just like somebody helped, helped him. Two people helped him sit on a chair he sat down and he just started drill sergeanting us like, nah, 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 do this, do this. You know, this was a different time of yoga. This was before mm. yoga pants were yoga pants, right? Like mm. everybody wore pajamas and whatever. So I loved it because I couldn't do any of it. And I just got that bug of like, I can't do this. Yes, I can. I need to keep going. So I went back the next day and I literally ever since then, I, it's obviously the rest is history because I was in college and I was studying advertising and marketing. And instead of going into that field, I was like, I'm going to go into yoga. So um, it helped me with my anger. I had really bad anger issues. I have TMJ because of anger prior to yoga. And I really realized how much it just like injected in itself into my lifestyle, into my way of thinking, into my perspective, into just how I viewed the world that I was like, this is it. This is like, this is my prescription for life. Like I just, that's it. 
I'm I'm a hundred percent. I'm a lifer. So it was uh it was amazing the transformation that it gave me. Yeah, that's amazing that your reaction to that class was like, I love this because I think so many people would be like, this is terrifying, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But you really responded to that kind of more like strict um, approach and also being challenged. It sounds like you like being challenged. I do. I realize that I'm actually competitive with myself. I'm not competitive with other people. Like if I'm playing a game, I'm like, oh, let's collaborate, right? Even though it's like about winning. Um, but when it comes to myself, 100% I'm competitive. Like I will be like, ah, I must prove I can do this for myself. <laughs> <laughs> I love that channeling that into your yoga. Can you tell me a little bit about your yoga career from that when you decided like, okay, I'm going to do this for, for my job. So what happened? <laughs> so, um, well, I mean, a little bit of backstory in terms of, I was raised in an environment that, you know, the people that graduated from my high school and college, like they went on to be like, they went to Ivy league schools and they all went to like become financing and like, like bankers and all these top like doctors and lawyers. And obviously here I am being like, I'm a yoga teacher. So, uh, <laughs> I realized though, I was like, okay, I have to do something. I realized in advertising and marketing, even though I love the psychology of it, I could not sell Burger King to people if I don't believe in Burger King. Like I, I can't just do that for a paycheck. Like money is not that valuable to me that I'm going to corrupt people's lives and manipulate them into thinking something is good when it's not. So I really found that I was like, okay, I can't do this, but yoga seems like it's something interesting, right? So I went into teaching and um, I took, I lived in an ashram for a month and like it was like a 500 hour training course. So you just like dive in fully from like five in the morning until nine o'clock at night. And I figured if I, if I loved it, I'd become a teacher. And if I didn't, at least it was only one month of my life. So I loved it, obviously. And I started teaching, going around different studios. There was only a few at that time. I mean, we're talking like 2002, the beginning of all of this. And then um, I opened up my own yoga studio and from opening that one, then I opened up two more. So I ended up having three yoga studios in Miami. And then they started doing a bit of like the circuit of teaching at like yoga journal conferences. And, you know, that was like further along the line. But I really, um, from there, I, since I started traveling more to teach, I closed my studios and I moved to LA and I started just branching out in different ways with different, you know, like teaching online and videos and teaching with Wanderlust. And then I went through the route of, of Kripalu, where we did the first Spanish yoga teacher training um, that was available in the U.S., accredited by Yoga Journal, I mean, Yoga Alliance. And so it's kind of taken a lot. And within all that, 2013 was when I started Super Yogis. And that was uh, one branch of what we, what I have now, but it's, it was really just like, it's been an amazing journey up and down and all around, but it's, it's been the, the fact that yoga is the career is, has maintained me and forced me to be grounded. Like, okay, let's, if your job is to share these teachings that are of higher value, you can't live a lower <laughs> value. Mm -hmm. Like it really made me have to stay in line as much as possible. I mean, I'm not perfect. And I definitely have failed many times and, you know, picked myself up and made mistakes, but it's been an interesting journey for sure. I can't imagine doing anything else really. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. That's like, um, the, the career of like the fact that you've been kind of a career yogi, that's kind of rare, you know, that people decide from the start of their career to say, I'm going into this. Um, so it's so interesting to hear how you kind of rode all those waves in the studios and then the traveling and then the closing the studios and moving. And then, so getting into kids yoga, you said 2013, I think. So what, what made you decide to take that route and to start sharing yoga with children? So when I first started yoga, I knew or learning about philosophy. So my brain works a little funny, just so that, you know, like let's, my brain works and like, I see everything like a cartoon, right? Naturally you see this colorful background. Of, <laughs> that's how my, my brain works. Is like, I see someone or I see something and I see the interaction and I immediately see like cartoon world. And it's very fun in here. And so philosophically, when I would learn the teachings, my brain would naturally convert it into a fun visual expression of how to teach it to kids. Like that's just 
what would happen for me to understand it, right? It's kind of like, that's how I would chew it and digest it. So when I first started yoga and I realized, I mean, I had really bad anger issues as a kid. And my mom would tell me that I would like bite the wall and the carpet and like children, right? Mm. Like my mom told me that I had, like, she had to bite me to make me realize to stop biting. So I stopped, mm. but I had, I was grounded all the time. I had a temper It's just, I, it was my thing. So when, I, as soon as I realized what yoga did for me in the early twenties of, of my, like, you know, my age, it was, I immediately connected with it. I was like, Oh my God, if I only had this as a kid, like if I would have had these tools, because especially my generation, my parents, you know, they, they were taught to like, we don't have negative emotions. We just brush them under the rug. Oh, right. Instead of learning how to handle it. So it really was, a. Uh, it was really frustrating for me as a kid. I really felt disconnected. I didn't feel understood. I felt that I was just a bad kid because I had these emotions instead of learning how to actually work with them. And so as soon as I started realizing, connecting the dots and going, wait, this is a tool. This is something that could help kids. I just was like, of course I have to take, like, I have to find, especially since the way my brain works, I have to find a way to tangibly share this with kids and make it something more than the the fun like the basics right because for me teaching philosophy to the kids is the yoga right yes the songs are great and the dancing's great and the poses are fun but if i can have a kid have an aha moment like i just had with my 11 year old client like 10 minutes ago and she's like like it just clicks that to me is so much more powerful than of course you know the yoga poses are fun but getting that philosophy across and teaching them these fundamentals of tools that they can learn for the rest of their lives huge like just monumentous in what could how that can shape the rest of their lives yes well first of all thanks for sharing that about being having anger as a child and and the biting honestly i think that will help parents who have children who right now are maybe right. having that issue because that's pretty common yeah. children biting and and i know as a as a parent sometimes you jump ahead like oh oh they're gonna struggle in life you know you like jump to when they're an adult right. and you're like what's gonna and to like see <laughs> to see or hear you who that was able to like figure that out and take that and navigate it. It sounds like you were just probably like, Hey guys, we have all these emotions. Why aren't we acknowledging them? And you were kind of angry about that. And, um, I very much relate to that. Just, we weren't necessarily taught that um, what was normal, that it, like anger is normal. And how right. do we channel that? Yeah. All emotions are normal. It's just, yes. what do we do with them. That's it. Like, that's the basic of it. But what's interesting is the reason we weren't taught them is because our parents weren't taught that. Exactly. And their parents weren't taught that. So to expect somebody to teach something that they don't know is unrealistic. But when you're feeling it and you're like, why don't you understand me? Right. Mm -hmm. The last thing in our minds is because, oh, wait, you don't understand me because you don't understand yourself. Like you, there's, there's nothing, it's not their fault. Like it is what it is. But that's absolutely get there, right? Not blaming the parents. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. No, exactly. I think we all do the best with what we know and, right. you know, we, so I think it's what we can do is say, okay, this is what I experienced. And so what, how do I want to change that and, you know, help the next generation? Cause we're learning about it right now. So we can pass it on to children. Um, so, so that's how, so is that how super yogis came to be when you were like, Ooh, that this, I, I should share this with kids. Like, this is good stuff. So, yeah, I, I, it came to be because I started seeing like only a few there, back in 2013, there wasn't a lot, there still isn't considering how much it's needed, but there wasn't a lot of kids yoga around, right? Like I was teaching the kids yoga, like um, the teacher trainings, like with yoga journal conferences. And I was trying like to travel some to teach the trainings because I realized that great, I can teach this in my studio and help five, 10 kids but there aren't any way, there's no way for teachers or, you know, teachers, parents to do this for themselves and start teaching their own kids. So I realized the teacher training was really important to start spreading more of those fundamentals. And so the super yogis, what's funny is my first super yogi schoolhouse class that was at the studio, I had the most challenging group of kids, the six kids. 
each one had their his their own version of a challenge of physical challenge or a, you know some kind of like on the spectrum i mean i had such a it was a beautiful class because you know anger issues which of course i understood like there there was such a spectrum of of an array of how to handle each kid and all the fundamentals are the same regardless of the the externalization of how the kid expresses themselves right like what their special need was so um that really helped me realize with this like first group of like okay these teachings are legit like they work no matter what the ch the child is going through and that gave me just enough of like the impetus to keep moving forward and realize this is really needed especially mm. with a group like that and they were so cute and the best story i have about that group is just the one with anger issues you know you could just tell like right it just comes out mm -hmm. because they don't know what to do with it that by the end of our our we had eight weeks by the end of the eight weeks um the mom, and I did not pay him to say this or do this. The mom was like, so what are you going to do when you're angry at home? And he just sits down, crosses his legs, goes like this and goes, home, home, home. And I was like, <laughs> if I had had that at his age, oh my God, I would have saved myself so many screamings and tantrums and listening to Metallica and like all the things. <laughs> That's incredible to see that. I love when you see the moment where they apply it themselves and you know, once that seed is planted, that's just with them. Yeah. And it's, it's their choice now, whether they choose to use it, right. but they have it right. It's like, yes. you see the drink of water, you're thirsty. Are you going to grab it? Or are you going to just, right? Like mm -hmm. they have a choice. That's the, the key is that the kids have a choice now you're giving them alternatives instead of just grounding them and putting them in their room. They don't understand, right? They're just like, ah, I don't know what I'm yes. feeling. And then they're punished for things that they don't even understand is very confusing for a child that if they're able to have the tools to go away, Oh, wait, I have a choice. Now I was given this choice or this choice. What do I do? Do I want to feel like crap for the rest of the day? No, I don't want to feel bad. Right. So I'm going to make a different decision. Mm-hmm. Oh, such power. I love it so much. <laughs> me too. Well, tell me about, so, so it sounds like super yogi started as kids yoga classes, but now you have a YouTube channel and you've got videos going. So when did those start up? When did you decide to go um, online? So it started at the studios and then I did the teacher trainings and then mm -hmm. I did the teacher training online and then the quarantine hit. And honestly, I've always wanted to do what I'm doing right now, like what I've brought to the world now, like we, like I have an amazing team, but to be able to like the quarantine basically gave me the gift of saying, what you gonna do now? Number one, number two, you have a dream of doing this and now the kids really need it. Like this is actually necessary and needed, even though it was, it was before, but it was so hard to convince people that aren't in yoga. Like this is needed. Like, just trust me, please. I'm not like a wackadoo religious yoga person. Like, no, I am just here to show you these mindful techniques, right? Because there's like a lean and thinking that it's, I'm just going to brainwash the kids. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to help you and the kids, everybody, right? Yoga embraces everyone. Mm -hmm. But so now has been the, the quarantine really just helped me say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take the leap. I recorded 18 sessions or 18 episodes in three days. I connected with yoga journal. I partnered with them to launch the first five through their platform and then put the rest on YouTube and then be able to from there go. I mean, I had, I did it with like the worst quality camera and the worst quality. Like I used AirPods, and it was just like, I just threw it out there. I was like, here we go. And then I was like, okay, I really got to do this a little bit better. And I got to just sit down and plan it. So then I create, like I had the whole, I hired a team and did the whole thing and the website. And now there's like monthly membership online with the YouTube channel with bilingual. So that was a really important part is bringing in the Hispanic aspect because of the fact the multilingual, it's just not, doesn't exist very much. Like there's 
nobody, you know, there's not out there uh, a multilingual or bilingual for Spanish and English for kids yoga in the way that I'm presenting it. So there's a lot of layers to this. And of course I have a vision of more things, but um, it, I'm very grateful for how it's grown to this point. Yeah. And that's, I'm so, it, it was so refreshing to see that it is bilingual so that you're, you know, reaching so many more children. And I also just love the look of it and the colors and the, it's very, um, it reminds me, I loved when I was little, there was um, these uh, musicals, We Sing, they were called, and there was one called Sillyville, and there was like all these rainbow colors, and I watched it like a thousand times, and like the look of it, it's just very inviting, and um, I think it's amazing. I want to hear about your school um, anxiety breaker videos that I read about because school just started up for my kids and like, so my daughter's in kindergarten. So it's our first time going really into like the public school system. And then there was COVID. So all these kids in different capacities have been home for 18 months or have been half home, half virtual. Like everyone's just, it's it's a mess. It's a, it's it's a complete mess. So in normal times, it, back to school is right is hard but now it's just a mess so can you tell me a little bit about those videos and what you know your mission is for that yeah so the back to school anxiety breakers um I was actually was I was watching something no I wasn't I was on a zoom call actually with uh one of our advisors who is uh, Dr. Hector Montenegro and he was talking about he's like He's a senior district advisor for CASEL, which is the social emotional learning. And um, he was saying about how the schools were so anxious, like themselves, the staff was anxious, everybody was anxious and not knowing how to implement. They're so focused on the COVID regulations that they're not even looking at what's like how the kids are going to feel like it's so hard because there's so many things to juggle. And it's obviously not to blame or to put anything down, but it's just so much it's monumentous what's going on. Right. So, um, so I just literally in that moment, I was like, I need to do back to school videos. Like I need to find, give parents tools because they're also freaking out. Right. And as simple as, you know, like the first one is repeating the posi, which is a positive affirmation, um, is repeating the posi. I am brave because meeting new kids, like they've been in their house and in a circle for so long that just like going up to a kid and saying, hi, my name is Rena and I like toys is not something they've been practicing is it's not comfortable and it's awkward. And there's a lot of fear and, and, and judgment and just so many layers to it that just being able to have that one phrase, I am brave, I am brave, I am brave, I am brave can hopefully get them to step out of it and say something, especially as kids, kids are so much easier to They'll just pick, they pick things up in their sponges. So if you plant it, you know, in them early enough, they'll be able to apply it. So I did five, obviously there's, I mean, I could do hundreds of these anxiety breakers, but I figured the, the top five, whether, you know, being brave, staying focused, because it's hard to be in the classroom setting and the teacher and um, being able to relate with that and feeling, you know, overwhelmed by all the senses, right? They've been just in their home and now they have sights and sounds and the pickup and drop off and lunches and it's a mess. And so just being able to like a breathy, right? Like breathe in and breathe out, count one, right? Breathe in, breathe out, count two. Just the smallest thing that they can control is what it is, right? Everything that's in the super yogis curriculum is about what they can control, which they can control themselves, their emotions, you know, their thoughts, their actions, but they can't control anything else outside, right? So giving them that peace of mind, at least that they can control themselves is empowering, right? Like that's why we're so real. So, you know, in addition to like doing a breathy with a posi so that now they really have to focus, right? Like allowing them to, to give them the capacity to not let their minds and emotions scatter, but giving them that, that ability to, to zone in is important because there's just so much going on and, their emotions are going to be all over the place and being able to ask for help, like talk to the teacher, ask, you know, I need a quiet space. Can you help me? Or talk to the parents, like including the parents in all of this is vital because the parents need it too. Like we need it too, right? It's not just about the kids, but realizing that if the parent can say, Hey, I need an anxiety breaker right now. Will you do this with me is actually more empowering 
than to make the kid feel like he needs the anxiety breaker only. And that I'm the parent, I've got everything under control. Like, let's be really honest parents right now. We do not have things under control, right? We are like, it's a mess and it's okay. It's like, it's a beautiful mess, right? It allows us to be able to accept that this is beyond what any of us thought we could manage. Like who would have thought that we would have had to deal with a pandemic? Nobody, right? So the fact that it's making it okay that we're not okay, but that we're doing our best and that we're learning how to manage ourselves and taking accountability is the example to set for kids, is how kids can be like, oh, it's okay that mom's not okay, but she's handling it. She's breathing. She's doing her posse. She's taking the time out for herself. I can do that too, right? That's the beauty of it, where it's no longer about being the you know, being the perfect housewife, right? Like out my parents' generation was, but about being real and about being like, okay, this is tough. So the anxiety breakers are meant to be for the kids, the parents, and the teachers. The teacher actually told me, she's like, I did your pause, your first anxiety breaker. And I went up to a teacher that I just met that I knew was a new teacher. And I was like, hi, I am brave. I'm it's nice to meet you. You know, my favorite food is this. And she just used it. And she's like, it felt so good. Like, bravo. Yeah. 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 It starts from, it starts from the top down too. you know, like you're saying, like, if we are incredibly anxious and as we should be, and we're all like, we don't know what's going on. And we feel like we've been off balance for 18 months and to offer to our children the honesty of that, but also letting them know they're safe because right. they've got control over, like you said, what what they're thinking and what you know they're breathing, and just these small ways that we can check in with ourselves. It is vital. It is, and I I I hope if something comes out of this positive, it's that there is more focus within schools in. Right this, the, the social emotional part of children. Cause I, I think that should be just part of curriculum. Oh, it, it has to be. <laughs> yeah. That I'm actually working with some schools right now to try to implement it as part of like, this is the morning session. Every morning we do this and it, and applying it with the themes and posies, like, again, not just necessarily the poses because Poses are great and fun for movement, but we want to pair them up with a higher value or something that helps them actually tangibly use it during the day. That maybe a kid gets, you know, rowdy or takes a toy and gets upset and is like, wait, let me take a deep breath. Like, you know, how can I respond to this in a way that's better than just freaking out and screaming, and getting angry? Like, you know, giving them that a hundred percent it's necessary in schools because the ideal is like, okay, we have it in schools, like every day in the morning before, like, here's your, this is the, this is how you're starting the day. Like, imagine if all of us as adults, every morning, we actually like had some philosophy and had some, you know, practice for ourselves. Our day is going to be different because we're already starting it at a, at a higher bar. But if we're starting anxious and flustered, did you have the lunch? Oh, right. If we're running around, that's the start of our day. The rest of the day is just going to be as flustered. There's not going to be a moment of grounding. It's going to take a lot of effort to do that. So you have the school and then ideally the parents, like they're also working on it. And then of course the kids and you have, that's why, you know, me having like the YouTube videos for the parents to do, they could do it with the kids at home, the monthly membership online, where there's some articles and some reading for the parents to continue to learn and apply the teachings for themselves, plus activities for kids to do. And, you know, it's, it's meant to be all connected. And so that's mm -hmm. the ideal. Hopefully yes. one day we'll, we'll see it all blend. Yes. I am on board. I'm completely on board. And I know everyone listening is on board and it's like, yeah, this is, this is why we're doing this work. And yeah. I feel like we're at the precipice and we're, there's something new happening. So in, in diving in during quarantine and making the videos and starting this kind of, this part of your business, what has been the greatest challenge so far for you? The greatest challenge for me, let's see, for me, it's, it's honestly, I know it's going to sound so cheesy. It's been such a pleasure, like to do this work and to focus on it being the work and not on the result. 
So the, the part that's challenging is like, it's not like I'm making any money, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> let's be real, like financially, yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely an investment. I have invested in this. I have spent my own money, like in a time that money is scarce and mm -hmm. it's, you know, jobs are not secure and unemployment rates are off, you know, through the roof. And that, that would be the challenge of like, just the logistics of it is realizing, you know, yes, I need more funding. Like that's at the end of the day, there's only a certain amount. And to make this really like the vision that I have in my head and what I need a real, I have a strong team already, but I know I need a, a bigger, stronger team like that can come together with the team that I am envisioning in my head. It's like the fact that within a year we've been able to have over 150 videos, have a functioning website with, you know, monthly membership in the back end with all these different aspects of it. Plus have like, you know, marketing team to help keep pushing it forward. And, you know, we did a coloring book, a bilingual coloring book. And, you know, there's so many things and working with schools, like there's so many things, teacher trainings. Like I just started another teacher training last Sunday and all these things with the limited amount of funding and personnel that I have and team is great that it's happening, but just imagine, right. If I could just have a little bit more support financially and obviously with a team like that, the consistent team, that's been the biggest challenge is obviously knowing that at the end of the day, I have a small team right now, very small, and it's a lot of work for us, but it's keeping that going. But I have the endurance and the drive. It's just sometimes yeah. like, yeah, so much to do. Yeah, so. absolutely. I totally can relate to that and understand having that vision and not the financial part, <laughs> but Yay. seeing the future, you know, yes. like you see the, yeah, what's, what's there. So it's, I know it could be hard in the day to day to like, to stick to it, but I'm, I'm so glad and I can feel your vision and see your vision. So I just, I want you to keep going. Thank you, um, thank you. you too. I mean, we're oh, doing this, this, we can, I can definitely relate to what you're saying too, is like, we're doing this because we really believe in it and mm -hmm. we know that kids need it. And it's not like we're getting a salary that we're just like, ching, ching, right? Like this is, it's a risk, but the reward of giving this is so much better for me than like making sure I get a paycheck salary for a job that isn't going to be fulfilling. Like this is, this is much more fulfilling for me. And I feel like it's going to make more of an impact and what's needed right now than anything else. So we yes. all have our natures and our callings, right? So like, yes, following that is important. Exactly. Exactly. And that, yes, thank you. I need to hear this. <laughs> um, now let's, let's hear your, the biggest reward of, of taking this dive into 150 videos and all that you've done in such a short period of time. Um, okay. Reward. For me, it's been, so seeing it come to life is beautiful, right? Something that you have in your head and that it, it, you're like a dream coming true per se is a beautiful thing. But most importantly, seeing that it's having a positive impact in like the most random ways. Like I got an email from, it's two months ago now that I got an email from this woman, a mother saying from London who she's like, do you, you know, we, we watch your videos and we would love to, you know, my daughter wants to take classes here in London, but like what you're teaching, like Vedanta, right? Like the philosophy. And she's like, do you know anywhere in London? I'm like, I don't know anywhere in the world that's teaching Vedanta mm -hmm. to kids, right? Like realistically besides this in this way. And so um, she, I was like, but I'm open to doing Zoom calls with her if you want, right? So we've been doing weekly Zoom calls and with this adorable eight-year-old girl, Aria, she's just a sweetheart. And she's just like so eager to learn about the mind and the intellect and like all the mm -hmm. things that have to do with her developing herself and growing. And, and that's, I mean, it's one child, but like, that is so powerful to me that she's hungry for that. That's created me to actually create more. Like, how do I really, like, I know I'll have to meet her every week. So it's forcing me to really extract the essence of the teachings in a way that's, that's beautiful. And all I can, I mean, all I can say is I can really feel that it's in the right direction. I'm trying to use my intellect as much as possible to stay on track and stay focused, 
but it is the one thing that I have been willing to invest as much as I have time, money, resources, all of it to make it happen. And it just feels nice to, to see that, like, like you said, you can see my vision and I'm so glad because I'm, I'm certain that others have similar visions. And if we all work together to, to partner and grow in this, it's, it's really not about me. Like, it's really not about me. This is about like the kids and what they can learn and the teachings, like just present the teachings here. They are, you do with them as you will, but at least they have them. Because when I was a kid, I just remember being like, this is life. Like, this is what it's about. Like, this is pretty lame. Like what? Until I started, I read the Tao of Poo and I was like, oh, there's another way to look at life. And then I read the autobiography of the yogi. Oh, this is another way to look at life. And like little by little seeing that there was other ways of living that wasn't what I was living and or what I was told was life. And so I can choose my life. And I like, just here you go. Now you do with it as you will. That to me, just being able to put that together and present it in a way has been a huge blessing. And I feel grateful that somehow it's coming through. <laughs> like, yeah. And yeah. I get to see pretty colorful rainbows all the time. Oh, I love the rainbows. <laughs> I love rainbows so much. I just got my daughter a rainbow decal for her room. I'm just very into um, I love what you said about it's our job to present the teachings. And I think everyone listening, you all have a unique voice. And you all have, I'm sure within you, you have a stirring and an understanding of how you envision, you know, spreading these teachings. And for you, you have your super yogis in your vision that I see so clearly. I decided we need more community within the people actually teaching the kids yoga to support each other and to lift each other up. That's why I started this podcast. And there might be people who have a small kids yoga company in a small town or who've been wanting to make videos. Guys, there, there can be, we need more yoga videos online. Cosmic kids is awesome. So, you know, but that's one there needs to be everywhere. It needs to be saturated. It's a market that's completely untapped. Um, totally. But there's so many ways. People who want to write a book, you know, there's there's just so many ways. And I just encourage everyone listening, like, to spread these teachings in the way that you feel you want to. There's enough room for everybody. There really is. There really is. And that's the thing for me is realizing for me the super yogis like. Yeah, when you see something like Cosmic Kids, you're like, okay, she already has monopoly. Right. Oh, you God. almost want to <laughs> say, never mind. Right. Exactly. And I was like, you know what? No, like she teaches it differently. She's a great storyteller and I can't compete with a British accent. I mean, I want to listen to her, right? Like, like she's amazing. And I can't pretend I, I have a British accent, even though I would love to speak <laughs> all day, but you know, it's not authentic. So she has a beautiful gift and she's, I mean, I'm so happy for her. Are you kidding? She's planted a huge, amazing tree and a seed for us to, to mm -hmm. continue and keep growing. And I have a different approach or, you know, I don't do the stories like she does, like, and it's all, it's all welcome and it's all needed. And each one of us has our spark that we have to be able to share. And that was part of, if I'm going to inspire anybody to do this for themselves is like, you really have to just realize that you have your path your way and it's beautiful the way that it is and if it's calling to you you better answer like at least do it like i can die now in my deathbed i can be like at least i gave it a shot right at least i put my right foot forward i've created this insane rainbow room that my husband is literally like can you stop wearing rainbows please like like you are a 42 year old woman like and i'm like but it's okay so you know and he loves rock and roll and spikes and motorcycles so this is like a far far stretch for him you know but it is what it is at least it's this is me and so you have to find that within yourself and find that confidence to at least take one step and put a really grainy horrible video with horrible audio and like don't you think I'm kind of embarrassed that those five videos for yoga journal are like that they have on yoga journal are like my crappy quality videos. Like that's not the best thing, but it is what it is. It's out there. Right. And at least you did it, you know, whatever it is, just at least you can say that you tried and that's what matters. So hopefully that inspires you to take an action. I'm happy to be your motivator. We will be yeah. Jessica and I will be your little cheerleaders. Yes, I know. I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be contacting you. I need, just give me a little, give me a little I will cheer. text me. I'll be like, <laughs> you got this girl. I got your back. Got whatever you need. Same, same. We'll go, you know, it goes in waves. You know, you gotta, you gotta have that support. 
Yes. But totally. Yeah. You have to take those first baby steps, those crappy babies that, you know, I mean, when I, I listen back to my early episodes, I'm like, well, I didn't know what I was doing, but I had to start there. I mean, you can't just go to the end. So take, take the, those little tiny steps each day, even if you do just do one small thing each day, then think about in six months, how far you're going to come, you know, just, just stick to it stick to it one step at a time and follow. That's the whole thing is if you follow the practice, right? If you follow the teachings, you're going to enjoy the process because it's really about the process. This is when you're saying the most rewarding thing is I have enjoyed this process so Mm -hmm. much, like the process of figuring out what to get, what to wear, what to say, like, you know, the scripts. And like, now I have, like, I can record, you know, like in two days, I can record 10 episodes. Like, I'm just like, you know, I have it down to a T, but it's been fun. And I have the puppet, Mr. Philosophy. And like, (laughs) I'm having fun. And at the same time, applying the teaching. So it's a win-win where it's really not about like the result. Like my numbers aren't so high right now. I'm definitely not a cosmic kids, you know, or anywhere near that, but I'm having a good time in the process. And I'm hoping that it resonates with kids at some point and the parents, and they see the value in it. And I have some things up my sleeve that I'm hoping to like launch soon that like are all part of the plan of like, all right, we'll see what happens. You know, like I just got to do what I do. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, having that whole library of videos that's just there now and to know that that's available then for kids now, kids in a year, kids in five years, you, we, you don't know where, how that's going to reach. So that's the other value in having this kind of recorded content where it's, it's, it now is there it's right for people to find. And so it's like, yeah, same with like episodes. I look at numbers and like, these aren't spectacular numbers and downloads, but I'm like, but something's telling me to keep going, you know? And, and I don't know, we just kind of it reminds me of the book, The Alchemist. It's my favorite book. And it's just like, you know, it's just like, yep. gotta follow that personal calling. Exactly. And I mean, at least we connected, right? Like it's one yeah. person, right? Like you never know how it's going to, how it's going to connect. And for me, especially the bilingual stuff is like, I do mm. want to reach families that don't have access. Like what, you know, like a Hispanic community, perhaps they don't even, they don't even have yoga in Spanish for adults that much, right? Like it's hardly available. So even less for kids. And so having that available online, if a kid finds it or a parent finds it, that they are able, it's in their language is ideal, right? For accessibility and inclusivity, where they feel like kids can do yoga, right? Because I know from my experience with teaching Spanish teacher training, a big challenge for us was the fact that in terms of getting it out there is that since there isn't yoga in Spanish for adults, they don't think that yoga, you know, let's be honest, yoga is stereotypically marketed for white mm-hmm. females, right? Like middle-aged white females and you don't, and that's what it is. So we had to like, no, but you know, it's good for everybody and it's not a religion and it's a way of life that you can enjoy any religion, you know, like, cause it's a lot of different yes. ways of communicating it. So if we can get it, you know, colors help to have the kids enjoy yes. it and yes. teaching it in their language obviously is huge. So that is huge. And that's a, that's a huge part that I, yeah, I just want to mention again that there's this bilingual part to it. That's, it's just so needed. It's like, we're like thirsty for more of that. So you're doing it. You're doing it. We're doing it. Yay. Well, okay. I want to hear, I'm excited to hear your kids yoga gem. That's how I always kind of wrap up these conversations. So your one big piece of advice to anyone that is sharing yoga whether they're teaching children or they're sharing yoga at home, what would that be? So I have three words that I always teach for my teacher training and like for anybody who wants to be with kids or relate to kids, it is put it on. So put it on means you have a kids having a tantrum or they're having some kind of a situation or a feeling or anything. If you put on what they're experiencing and you feel it for yourself, you Bring yourself down eye to eye. For me, it's very easy because I'm only 4'11 and a half. But, you know, being able to put on what they're experiencing instead of coming in as the adult with all your stuff of your life will allow you to understand them better, listen, connect, and then know how to relate to them. 
Because if you put on that they're sad and you say, you know, what's the first thing an adult says when a kid starts crying? They say, don't cry. Yeah. They say, don't cry. Stop crying. Well, okay. When you're crying, does that help? No. Right. So if you're putting on sadness and you feel the kids crying, (laughs) right. Then instead of being like, don't cry because you're uncomfortable with them crying, because that's usually what ends up happening. It becomes, oh, they're sad. Well, how would, how would I want to be treated if I was sad? So it's put it on is such a quick, easy three words that you can hold, like carry with you. The moment a kid's acting out and you're like, okay, I'm getting angry. Okay. So, so wh- why are you angry? What's going on? How can I help? Right? Like putting it on immediately makes you an equal and being an equal is huge because kids feel less than physically because they're smaller, but also emotionally because kid, parents just say, or adults just say, because I said so, or doesn't matter why, oh, I don't know, whatever, it doesn't matter, stop asking questions, right? Like it's a lot for the parent, but the moment you can be an equal, you can say, you know, I don't know why. Let's, let's talk about that, like let's finish cleaning up your room and we can talk about it during dinner. Or you address it as an equal and putting it on, just try it. I mean, you can try it even with your spouses. It, it works for any kind of relationship you have, but especially with kids is remembering what it was like to be five years old, remembering that their whole world was that one toy. And even though the toy is like so small for us, for them, it's everything. So it's like, okay, let me remember, let me put it on, let me experience this. Okay. Now I can address this differently than as I would Rena, the adult who has 50,000 bills to pay. And I just goes in traffic for 30 minutes and I don't want to have to deal with dinner and, oh my God, the laundry is like, ah, right. You want someone else to put it on for you, right? Like you want yeah. someone to like, I understand. Yes. It's so hard, right? <laughs> so it's putting yourself in their shoes, but the put it on the three words, carry those with you. And hopefully that helps. I am going to use that as a mother. I love that because that's definitely something I try to remember, but having that little, it's like you said, a mantra, right? because there's so many times where from the outside and in my adult stress and dealing with everything, I see something and it's like, oh, come on. Like, you know, what is this? You know? And it's so, it's so to simply be able to say that to yourself. And the other thing I liked what you said is that sometimes we don't have the capacity in the moment to deal with things. But we could always say, I see this is happening now. Can we talk about that later? Or, or you know, taking that break, um, just, you know, we're, we're all human. And we, you know, sometimes we just don't, we can't right then. Or if we make the mistake later on, you can put it on later, usually once you're calm, right? And you could say, right. oh, I see that now. And then talking to them about it and saying, you know what, I really... I, I was thinking about it and now I understand how you were feeling before. Is this what you, is this why? And, you know, and having those discussions, huge. Huge. And that's the thing is when a parent can apologize, <gasps> that is huge. If you're able to say, I am so sorry for how I did not listen. Like I, I need to listen more and I'm working on it. Oh, it is amazing how the kid immediately respects you, immediately connects with you. And I mean, I use this with, I have two bonus daughters, right? And so for me, like the youngest and I connect so much because I am so honest and so real with her that I'm, she appreciates that I treat her like an adult. Like from the beginning, I was already like, I'm going to tell you the truth. You know, hopefully you like it. Right. And they do, they really do because they can feel when they're being lied to, like, they know they're so smart. So the moment that you're like, you know what, I'm so sorry that like you just honor it. They, they step up with you. And because they, they end up acting like adults because you're treating them like that, but without forgetting that they're still kids and they get to be silly and have fun. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's treating them as, as equals right? and honoring that they're also a child and it's our job to guide them. It, it's very complicated. So many hats. And of course we're going to mess up and we're going to make mistakes. We're Yes. So it's a beautiful thing. The beautiful mess. <laughs> 
It's a beautiful mess. This has been a theme. I I had another interview earlier today. We also talked about the beautiful mess. So this is the theme of the day and it's, that's life. And this is yoga. This is all yoga. Everything we we're talking about here is practicing yoga in your actions and how you're viewing things and, you know, being in the, in the present moment. I love talking to you so much. Thank you so much for taking the time. I want people to find you and find the video. So can you just point us in the direction of the website, social media, all that? Yes. Yes. So it's www.superyogis.com. And then if you on social media, it's at super yogis. So one word, and then also on YouTube, you can look it up as super yogis. So it's all super yogis, for yogis, for yogis. And if you want to email me, you can email me at friends at super because we're already friends. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So and if you need me to be your cheerleader, I am totally down for it. You can totally Instagram message, whatever it is. And I'll be there. <laughs> awesome. I'm, I'm going to be messaging you for sure. <laughs> well, I will respond, Jessica. I'm Thank here for you. you. Girl. Thank you. So yes, just such a pleasure. And I think uh, people are going to feel very inspired by this. So, so have a wonderful evening and thank you. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to support the Kids Yoga Podcast, here are a few ways you can do that. Visit www.thekidsyogapodcast.com. Here you'll see a link to my Patreon page and you will see different monthly subscriptions which will offer you added benefits. You can also contact me through the website and see all of the episodes that have been released so far. In addition, I truly appreciate those five-star reviews and ratings because it just brings so many more people to the show and it just means the world. So if you feel compelled, a rating and review, and press that subscribe button as well. So if you want to get in touch, shoot me an email, thekidsyogapodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow The Kids Yoga Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook. Again, thank you so much for being here. <laughs>